Welcome to the Dear Beloved Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Jean, founder of the Beloved Collective, and together we will dive deep into relationships, femininity, and the stages leading up to marriage from a Catholic perspective. Here you'll find real conversations rooted in the truth, dispelling the lies found in our culture, and learn practical ways that we can keep Christ at the center of our lives and relationships. Dear Beloved, welcome back. And happy Easter. Um, The Easter season is such a beautiful, beautiful season, and we are celebrating today after a very, very long Lent. I feel like um, sometimes, you know, you have years where Lent seems like forever, and that was one of these years. So I'm very grateful to be on this side of Easter. Um, And just, I want to dive into that today. Uh, dive into Easter and what it what it means for us moving forward. Um, I know that in the liturgical season, this time of year, we spend a lot of time going back and walking with the Lord through his last few days on earth, which is so beautiful. But sometimes in my mind, it can be that's in the past and where I'm living now is is the present and how can what we hear about at church about what the Lord did in his last days, how is that relevant for me and my life today? And how can I let that change me? Because I don't want to just sit here and think, you know, I hear this gospel at at mass and that's a great story and all, but if that doesn't change me, then I'm not receiving it fully. Um, And one of the things that I think of when I think of Easter and how to let it transform our lives and change us and change what we decide to do with our days and our life and where we're headed and all those things is a quote that's often attributed to John Paul II, which in fact it wasn't, I mean, he said it, but he was quoting St. Augustine when he said it. Um, and, it, and the quote is, we are an Easter people and Alleluia is our song. I mean, how beautiful is that? <clears throat> I love looking at how John Paul II used it. And if we were to read a larger piece of what he said and where he said this in the context of where he said, uh, where he quoted Augustine in this, it brings more depth into how we may use it. So I want to go ahead and read a little bit more of the excerpt that John Paul II said. He said, We do not pretend that life is all beauty. We are aware of darkness and sin, of poverty and pain. But we know Jesus has conquered sin and passed through his own pain to the glory of the resurrection. And we live in the light of his paschal mystery, the mystery of his death and resurrection. We are an Easter people and Alleluia is our song. We are not looking for a shallow joy, but rather a joy that comes from faith, that grows through unselfish love, that respects the fundamental duty of love of neighbor, without which it would be unbecoming to speak of joy. We realize that joy is demanding. It demands unselfishness. It demands a readiness to say with Mary, be it done unto me according to thy word. 
I mean, wow. <laughs> we don't have to say much else. He gives us right there the the crux of what Easter is all about, that it doesn't exist to take away every suffering of this world in terms of our consequences that we face ourselves or the things that just naturally come up in a world full of people with original sin, right? These things, it doesn't mean that we're not Easter does not mean that we are not supposed to experience these things and that life will be hunky-dory and full of joy at every turn without us really putting in any effort. Instead, Easter comes at a great cost, and that cost is nothing less than a miracle. But the weight of it still remains is that that cost needed to be paid in order for us to experience the resurrection, to experience the salvation on the other side of the cross. If Christ didn't suffer and die for us, we wouldn't have the resurrection. We wouldn't be saved the way that we are. And I love how he he points this out that we don't pretend that life is all beauty. We don't sit here and pretend that because Christ suffered and died for our sins that, and he rose from the dead, that we will never sin again or that we will never come up with difficulties in our lives. Yet, we choose to live in the light of the resurrection. We choose to live in the light of the Paschal mystery, in the light of the Paschal candle that is lit every Easter vigil, We choose to live in this light because it's a gift that was given to us. And if we don't accept it as that, if we try to, like Peter at the Last Supper, say, Lord, no, I don't want you to wash my feet. Once once we understand, right, that it is not just our feet that need to be cleansed, but all of us. Like Peter, we can also jump on the other side and be like, well, then my hands and my head as well, right? And just taking on all of the grace. But what Christ said to him was that, listen, like I'm doing this for you, but that doesn't mean that all of these other things will happen as well. And so that's just something great to keep in mind that Although we may not understand at first the gravity of the suffering, death, and resurrection of the Lord and what bearing that gravity has on our lives as individuals and as a community and as a culture and as the world, if we don't understand what that gravity has on us as me, myself, and I, how that affects me, then that's where we have to stay until we understand that, until we understand it and crave to welcome it with arms wide, wide open and soak every piece of that blessing in. And I love that in this quote too, John Paul II continues on to say that we're not looking for some shallow joy. We're not looking for the goods of this world to surpass our expectations. We 
are looking for a real joy and we realize that it's demanding, that it's not, it doesn't come from no effort. It comes from unselfishness and it demands a readiness to say with Mary, be it done unto me according to thy word. I mean, that is so beautiful that it, this joy can only be reached through the suffering and death of our Lord and his resurrection and our willing participation in it and in his plan for our lives. I mean, that's the crux of this whole thing, right? If we are to truly live as an Easter people with Alleluia as our song, that takes more than passive understanding of what the Paschal mystery is. That takes an active participation in choosing Christ's will for our lives and living every day in light of the resurrection. I'm definitely going to be pondering on all of this for the duration of this Easter season, and I invite you to come along um, that journey with me and just reflect on what being an Easter people really means and how we can proclaim Alleluia as our song every day. One of the things that I love about Easter, I mean, there's so many things to love about it, but um, is all of the sacraments, are all the people who are welcome into the church, all the people who have prepared for a long, long time and who with their whole life say yes to the Lord and are baptized or brought into the church through other sacraments of initiation. It is such a beautiful witness into the the unending mercy of God and just to be a to witness it is such a gift. Um one of my favorite memories uh when I was little, I remember I was at the age where like, you know, you're starting to read and I remember discovering a box in in my mom's office and there were a bunch of letters addressed to me and I thought I had stumbled upon treasure (laughs) and I opened it up to reveal that my mom had kept letters that people had written to me when I was born and over for my baptism and for the first few birthdays of my life and I remember specifically reading the cards that were about my baptism and it was so beautiful to hear these people who I at the time you know as a child didn't quite understand who they were but to hear that they their thoughts on um on me and my journey in the faith and their hopes and their dreams and their prayers for me was so incredibly touching. And it reminded me that we are, you know, not alone. We're not (laughs) called to live this life alone. But at the same time, it was, it was so beautiful to hear their encouragement and to read it all those years later. And I could feel tangibly their prayers, even though you know, it was a long, long time ago. Um, 
but God is outside of time and he hears those prayers. Um, but anyway, I loved reading those letters and part of that is the reason behind my sacrament card collection in my stationery shop. I absolutely was floored and reread those cards for years. And so I wanted to create beautiful cards that others may be able to share their hopes and dreams with the people who are receiving sacraments, whether it be a young teenager who's a confirmandi who you want to share your hopes and dreams for and that you're there and you can walk with them on the journey as they enter this new phase of their faith or a, a, a child who is being welcomed into the church as a baby who may not read your words immediately but may read them one day um, or whether it's a it's a kid who is receiving the Lord in the Eucharist for the first time and you want to share in that joy and that excitement for them. Or it's someone who's elderly and sick and you just want to share that you are praying for them and that their suffering is not in vain and that the Lord has a plan for them and that their life has meaning and worth. I have I mean, these are just the dreams that I have for <laughs> these cards that I've created. Um, I feel like this is the sacramental season. <laughs> I hear a lot of um, confirmations happening and first communions are about to start happening. And, you know, with the Easter season, lots of baptisms and um, sacraments of initiation. And it's so, so beautiful to see. And coming up soon in a few months, uh, are a lot of priestly ordinations. So I would definitely, if you're interested at all in seeing what these cards look like and perhaps purchasing them for the loved ones in your life who are celebrating sacraments shortly, uh, I encourage you to do that. Um, you can find them on my website, thebelovedcollective.com. And I'll also link them in the show notes so it's easy. You can just scroll down and click and it'll send you right to them. Um, but I can't describe what those, reading those those sacrament cards when I was little and growing up and how that informed my faith and letting me know that I wasn't alone in it and that I always had people who were praying for me and cheering me on in this journey. Um, it meant the world. And I just hope that that feeling gets carried on um, to as many people as possible because it's so true. And I will close with just our theme for the day that we are an Easter people and Alleluia is our song. And I hope that you can step into that today and every day and to proclaim Alleluia as your song in everything that you do, think and say and how you act. I pray that it just exudes from you because we truly are an Easter people. Until next time. Thanks for tuning into the Dear Beloved podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or many on social media and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to follow along at the Beloved Collective on Instagram and YouTube. That's Beloved spelled B-L-V-E-D.